This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. All right, well, Merry Christmas, Buck fans, and I wish we had a victory under the tree to talk about here on Nothing But Bucks coming off of a game in Dallas, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, to be exact, against the Cowboys just a couple of days before Santa arrives on his sleigh. But alas, the Cowboys are victorious, 27-20. They have clinched the NFC East and have dropped the Buccaneers to 5-10 and 10 on the season. So that's the backdrop as we come in on Nothing But Bucks with one more game to go in this 2018 season. And look, for the, for the Buccaneers, there were certainly things that you were trying to do here in these final couple of games. Uh, certainly for the players that are involved in particular, you're trying to put good football on tape. Uh, not just for this team, for this situation, but for your future. I mean, the last thing that you want to do, whether you're going to be with the Bucks or try to be on the NFL roster of another team, is look like you're not giving it your all down the stretch of this season. And I will say this from field level there yesterday, the effort was there. The want to uh, was there. The heart was there, and the team hung in. But in the end, Dallas too talented, too good, and made the plays that they had to make. In particular, two humongous turnovers. We have talked all year on this podcast about how giveaways and takeaways, large factor in a game, classic example in this matchup with the Cowboys, where two turnovers greatly influenced the outcome of that game. It's not the only reason that Dallas won, but a huge momentum swing in the first half on the fumble return by Jalen Smith of Dallas, and then just a deflating, uh, almost uh, gut punch moment with the fumbled exchange between Jameis Winston trying to hand the ball in the jet sweep to, to Bobo Wilson. Gift wrap, speaking of gifts, for the holidays and for Christmas. Giff wrapped a fumble recovery for the Cowboys at the four-yard line, and they eventually scored a couple of plays later. Those 14 points are big, but also points that the Buccaneers didn't get in the first half, driving and in field goal range and perhaps trying to score a touchdown on the play where Winston was stripped. Turnovers were everything uh, in this game, and, and the missed opportunity to get a couple of turnovers too, which we'll get into in the highlights in a little bit. So I'll set the table. We are going to go through the highlights here uh, in just a moment uh, with what went on uh, between uh, the likes of Jameis Winston and Mike Evans and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Gerald McCoy, Vita Vea, Levante David against Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and a fantastic middle linebacker, up-and-coming middle linebacker named Leighton Vander Esch of the Dallas Cowboys. As Dallas, again, at home, secures a playoff spot in this victory. So we'll go over the highlights of how that happened, and then we'll hear some post-game interviews. You'll hear from Jameis Winston. You'll hear as well from Levante David uh, in the middle trying to tackle Ezekiel Elliott and the, and the Bucks, uh, And also head coach Dirk Cutter uh, and their post-game thoughts as well in our Hooters post-game show as part of Nothing But Bucks. So that sets the table for what we're going to do. Let's get to it. Let's get to what happened on uh, on Sunday, December the 23rd with the highlights in much the same way that the Buccaneers have gotten off to good starts in their previous four games, moving the football, scoring early, and having the lead early. It would be no different here. In fact, early on, Jameis Winston looking long for one Mike Evans. From the 49, offset eye formation. Winston drops the throw, gets the pass away, throws downfield, intended for Mike Evans, makes the catch, and he's out of bounds at the 12-yard line. Great throw by Winston, and what a tremendous route in concentration by Mike Evans. 
And Evans comes up with the catch, a 36-yard catch down the near sideline. That ball right in front of me, perfectly thrown in. Of course, Mike came into this game needing only 95 yards to surpass Mark Carrier's 1989 receiving yards record for a single season. And he would start uh, adding to that total right away with that catch and a couple of others early on in the game. But unfortunately, the Bucs could not, and this has been a recent problem, could not finish off the drive with a touchdown and instead were forced to kick a Cairo Santos 37-yard field goal. So you take the lead, you would have wanted seven, but instead it only ends up being three-nothing at uh, at that stage of the football game. All right, so uh, once again, uh, credit to the Buccaneers for the start to the game on offense because that was the fifth game in a row where you've got a first-quarter lead. It is the fourth game uh, in a row where the Bucs got points on their opening drive. Field goal last week in Baltimore, the previous two weeks against the Saints in Carolina. It was an opening drive touchdown. So four straight weeks you get points on the opening drive of the game. The problem is the Cowboys were able to make some plays after that. They get they get themselves into scoring position. And again, Dak Prescott has been a quarterback that, look, in his rookie year had a fantastic breakout season. The Cowboys uh, won the division, got a bye in the opening round of the playoffs, but then they lost at home to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with Prescott throwing a couple of critical interceptions in that game. Dallas didn't make the playoffs last year. Remember, Ezekiel Elliott was suspended for six games. So there's been a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott, but he made some plays on Sunday, including with his feet. Running with the ball, Prescott to the 5-3-2. Touchdown, Dallas Cowboys. First carry of the game by Dak Prescott. Did not carry the ball once last week. And a 23-0 shutout, but Prescott keeps the ball and runs to his left and scores a Dallas touchdown. Seven yards. So the seven-yard touchdown run put Dallas up and actually, as it turns out, would put them up for good at 7-3. We knew the Bucs would be able to, to battle and hang in. They did battle. They did hang in, but they never got the game tied, much less got the lead from there on out after that 75-yard uh, drive in eight plays. Buccaneers, meantime, uh, were able to make something happen driving the other way. A, a time-consuming drive, converting some first downs, a penalty on the Dallas Cowboys, and this was one of those critical moments in this uh, first half of the game, late in the first quarter of the game, as Jameis Winston was looking to throw a pass here in this instance and never saw the rush behind him. Winston standing tall in the pocket. It's going to be, he fumbled the football. It's a scoop down the left side outside the numbers. To the 40, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40. Convoy in front. Jalen Smith will score a Dallas Cowboy touchdown. 70 yards on a scoop and score. Yeah, what a story Jalen Smith is for the Dallas Cowboys. A young man from Notre Dame who broke his, his leg, tore up his... Uh, ligaments in his ankle as well as the horrific broken leg the dislocated fracture of the compound fracture of the lower leg uh, ended up missing basically a full season there were questions as to whether he would ever be able to play football again but man he was spectacular uh, coming up with that ball and and then scooping and scoring 69 yards on the fumble return what a momentum swing because again the bucks are in range to at least get a field goal if not a touchdown there now you got seven points going the other way and, uh, and you could see some of the air come out of the, uh, of the uh, sails and the body language uh, of the Bucks after that fumble return made the game 14-3. But look, there was no quit. And the, and the Bucks got the ball back and went on a lengthy drive after that that ended up resulting in more points with Cairo Santos' second field goal from 
45 yards out, a seven and a half minute, 14 play drive, aided again by a Dallas penalty to help keep the drive alive. So the Bucks in scoring range, uh, able to get the field goal and the game is 14 to six at that stage. So then came the end of the first half of this one where the Buccaneers actually got off the field, got a key third down stop just after the two minute warning, still had timeouts left. So you're thinking, okay, maybe the Bucs can go down and get points down 14-6, but wait a minute. The Cowboys are gonna line up and try a lengthy, and I mean lengthy field goal at AT&T Stadium, indoor conditions. Brett Maher is the kicker, a rookie kicker, and he laced a, a ball that, uh, I gotta be honest, I thought was gonna drift wide right as I kept looking at it from the sideline, but instead, here's the way that Mean Gene called it. The Cowboys bring in kicker Brett Maher to attempt a long field goal. He kicked a 62-yarder earlier. This one's got the leg, got the leg, got the leg, and it is good! A 59-yard field goal by Brett Maher. Picked a 62-yarder against Philly here in this building and just booted a 59-yard field goal. And that one did sneak in the right upright in about the last five yards. It had a little bit of draw to get inside the right upright, a 59-yard field goal. And those points important for the Cowboys late in the half. Kind of demoralized the Bucks a little bit at 17-9 uh, to nine at that stage. But then, or 17-6, to six, excuse me, at that stage. But then, look, I mean, again, the Bucks had timeouts. You're a team that's built for offense. They went into the two-minute drill. And, and Tampa Bay behind Jameis Winston able to move the ball down the field. Uh, give credit again to Winston completing some passes, uh, getting the team into scoring position with doing so. Uh, there late in that second quarter, a couple of uh, different big throws uh, that happened. Uh, he ended up hitting Deshaun Jackson for 24 yards over the middle. Deshaun actually was shaken up on the play with an injured ankle and came out of the game. But then Mike Evans with an 11-yard catch. And then Adam Humphreys with a catch over the middle where he was popped, somehow hung onto the ball. Uh, a big-time blast by Xavier Woods of Dallas called for unnecessary roughness. So that moved things inside the 10-yard line. Jameis Winston then scrambling for four yards down to the two-yard line. And then in the, uh, the Bucks still using timeouts. In the final 30 seconds, Tampa Bay gets on the board again here. Out of the shotgun formation, Mike Evans wide to the right. Godwin in the slot to the left. Here is the snap. Winston hands the ball off. That was Rodgers. Bounces, bounces to the one. Did he get in? He did! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! That's great effort by Jacquez Rodgers. The touchdown. That's Jacquez Rodgers, the veteran running back's first touchdown of the season and first touchdown going all the way back to the beginning of 2017, actually, when he got one. So uh, good for that uh, the veteran that has uh, done a lot of the dirty work in terms of pass blocking or having to come in and, and be a, an outlet receiver, a check down receiver at times. Um, again, for Rodgers, good to see him with the second and third effort get the touchdown. And look, you are right in this football game at 17-13 to 13, uh, at, at this stage. Yes, the Cowboys are going to get the ball to start the second half, but... Uh, you know, the key here is that you got a touchdown, got within one score, and you knew you got some confidence back by doing that. So let's get to the start of the second half, and this, this would be one of the key moments where Dallas took advantage of turnovers. The Buccaneers could not. The ball was stripped out of the hands of Ezekiel Elliott. It was loose on the ground. Carl Nassib, the Bucks' defensive end, was actually on the ball, but it was under him. He didn't have his arms around it, and a Dallas player was able to rip it out on the bottom of the pile. 
or else it would have been first and 10 Tampa Bay inside the Cowboy 25-yard line. Would have been a huge momentum swing, but instead Dallas hung on to the ball and ended up having to, uh, to punt the ball away after that. So in any event... Uh, the Cowboys averted disaster on that turnover for them. Later, Dallas would have a field goal drive, got inside the five-yard line, couldn't score, couldn't punch it in. Nice job by the Buccaneer defense to stiffen. And Marr added a 20-yard field goal, so the game is 20-13. to Still a touchdown game with a long way to go late in the third. Unfortunately, the second of two Buccaneer turnovers happened. And this, again, a killer. After that field goal drive for Dallas, 20-13 to game, here's what happened. And the ball was at the 23-yard line, a 10-yard penalty, where it is second down and 12. Loose football gobbled up by the Cowboys. And Bobo Wilson lost the football. On the exchange, Randy Gregory picks it up. And the Dallas Cowboys, with a seven-point lead, come up with another defensive gem. Demoralizing, uh, again, frustrating situation where you're trying to run the jet sweep to Bobo Wilson. And Jameis Winston put the ball out there, and, and for whatever reason on the exchange, Bobo couldn't come up with it. Randy Gregory did. Of course, Gregory was on the first end of the sack fumble that Jalen Smith picked up in the first half. So Gregory gets the fumble. Dallas is inside the four-yard line, and the Buck defense is right back out on the field after they had been on the field for some six or seven minutes of clock time previously. And this time from point-blank range, unable to stop the Cowboys. Empty backfield for Dak Prescott. He ran one in from this distance. Dropping now looking to his right. Fade route to the right. Caught ball. Michael Gallup. Gallup having a breakout game today. And the Cowboys make the Bucks pay for the turnover. Michael Gallup hauling in the touchdown from four yards out from Prescott. So one on the ground, one in the air. And at that moment, you really looked up at the uh, at the scoreboard and said, this is going to be tough. Here, I know it's late in the third quarter, but it's 27-13 with Dallas at home and with the way that their defense is playing. What can the Bucs do here in this situation to make something happen? Well, what they did do, they didn't give up. They went on a lengthy drive themselves, took up more than seven minutes of the clock early on in the fourth quarter of this game. Again, down 27-13, trying to make something happen. Jameis Winston able to complete a couple of passes uh, on this drive uh, as it ends up being uh, a couple of different receivers that come up with catches. Adam Humphreys, one of them for 13 yards. On another one, Jameis scrambled for five yards. He then found Jacquez Rogers for nine yards on another play. Uh, the, uh, the key fourth down play was Jameis Winston uh, diving up the middle, uh, as it turns out. But then uh, Dallas was also called uh, on that fourth down play. There was no play for a penalty where Demarcus Lawrence was actually yelling and and uh, and making movements simulating the snap. So they called delay of game on him and gave the Bucks the automatic first down. So two fourth down conversions. Jameis scrambling for one fourth down uh, earlier. Then the delay of game penalty uh, also in the game. So uh, yeah, the Bucks convert a couple of fourth downs. They move into scoring position. And then on third down, uh, Jameis throws incomplete on third and goal at the two-yard line. First and goal, you tried to run, or actually second and goal, you tried to run it in with Peyton Barber unsuccessfully. Third and goal, two-yard line, you throw, and basically Jameis threw the ball all the way out of the end zone, threw it away, trying to come up with Chris Godwin in the corner. So now it's fourth and two, and, and look, there's been a lot of debate about this play. I can't sugarcoat it for you here on Nothing But Bucks. Jameis has got to be more aware in that situation that the play clock is running down. It's his responsibility. I will tell you that unlike a lot of stadiums at AT&T Stadium, the play clock is not readily available under the goalposts. 
right by the bottom of the stands. It's not readily available in your vision if you're the quarterback looking straight ahead. You have to look off to the side at about the second level of AT&T Stadium and find the play clock. Again, I'm not making excuses for for Winston uh, 100%. I'm just saying it is understandable that you sometimes are not completely aware of where that play clock is because you're not able to see it and how much time is left on it. And I don't know that Jameis ever realized uh, that it was down to three, down to two, and there was no timeout from the sideline either. Huge play. Delay of game, and now fourth and two becomes fourth and goal at the seven-yard line, and that left it to one last scramble here to try to salvage something on the drive. Fourth down and goal from the six. Winston kicks the leg, gets the snap. Here comes Heath. Winston flushed to his left, looks upfield. He'll be dive he cannot get it in and the Dallas Cowboys have stopped the Buccaneers a yard short Jameis really didn't have much hope at all he had a defender hanging off of him from about the three yard line and another defender running right at him from the goal line he just was not going to be able to get that ball in the end zone there was no first down to be made so the end result is a, uh, a stoppage on downs after a seven and a half minute drive where the Bucks converted two different fourth downs could not ultimately get any points out of it and you really you really thought at that point, I mean, I'm standing there, you never say never, but down two touchdowns, giving it away. Unless you could make something happen with a takeaway very quickly, reverse the momentum and get a quick score, it was going to be awful tough. So uh, in the end, with eight minutes to go, the Cowboys tried to run some of the clock. The Bucks used their timeouts, got a stop, got the ball back, and then moved into scoring range. A long completion of Bobo Wilson eventually moved them inside the red zone. And then the capper on the scoring was here from Jameis Winston to his favorite target. Preston rolling to his right, rolling for his throw the end zone. It is a caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a throw by Winston into the end zone. And Mike Evans has the touchdown grab. Mike Evans came up with that ball and the touchdown. The game 27-20 at that point, and you're still outside the two-minute warning. So you have a glimmer of hope if you could record an onside kick recovery. Uh, if you could go out there and get that football one more time, you would maybe have a chance to tie this game. So here was the onside kick. And here's the onside try. It's going to bounce, and it's going to be gobbled up by one of the guys at the line. And Leighton Vanderish gobbles that thing up. And you had one chance. You needed the onside kick to succeed because you have no timeouts left. Yeah, the Cowboys. Who else? Leighton Vanderesh. He comes up with the ball as part of the hands team as a middle linebacker. 15 tackles for him, too, by the way, in the game. And the Dallas Cowboys would run out the clock. Ezekiel Elliott getting one more first down. Game ends. Game over. Final score, 27-20 in favor of Dallas. Some numbers immediately after, including the last two drives there in the fourth quarter. Jameis Winston does have a 300-yard pass day, finishing 34 of 48 on the game for 336 yards and the touchdown. For Mike Evans, he does come up just short with one game to go of Mark Carrier's receiving record. Six catches, 90 yards, and the touchdown needs five more in the coming game with the Atlanta Falcons to surpass Carrier's 1989 receiving yardage record in a single season. Adam Humphreys, 10 catches, 79 yards in the game. Peyton Barber led the Bucks 17 rushes, 43 yards in the contest. Ezekiel Elliott, 85 yards on 18 carries. Bucks held him in check for a lot of the game. Uh, he was not the ultimate difference in this one. Dak Prescott efficient at 20 of 25, only 161 yards, one touchdown in the air, one touchdown on the ground uh, for him. Cole Beasley 
All of his catches in the second half at wide receiver, five catches, 50 yards for him. Amari Cooper, four catches, just 20 yards. Dallas, not a ton of offense and not a ton of time of possession uh, at the end of this game uh, either. Buccaneers, 27 first downs to just 16 for the Cowboys. And the time of possession, 35 minutes for the Bucs to just 24 for Dallas. But again, in a lot of ways, that stat can be misleading time of possession because Dallas put up all the points they needed with the fumble return, with another short drive after the other fumble recovery inside the four-yard line. It matters how much you score with those points and with those plays. So when it was done on our Hooters postgame show, I do get the opportunity to go in uh, to the locker room and talk to players postgame, including Jameis Winston, for his thoughts immediately after this one was over. Let's talk about trying to get back in the game, uh, down the stretch of the game. Uh, first, you're not able to get in on the third and short and the fourth and short, in particular on the scramble on the uh, on the fourth down play. Just describe that play and trying to get in the end zone, if you would. Uh, well, that was that was fourth and six, not fourth and short. So uh, just trying to make a play. They beat us up on the outside. Uh, they were holding Cam, and uh, just try to get, just try to get in there. That's all. You were able to march down the field after that, and you were able to get a couple of good completions, one of them to Bobo Wilson, and then a touchdown to Mike Evans. What clicked on that final drive to give you one last chance? I just didn't give up. Uh, I think we did We did a pretty good job on offense. We just had uh, two unfortunate turnovers uh, that, that hurt us. Let's elaborate on that. Is that what this game comes down to, the two turnovers, including the one that got returned for the touchdown, were the two biggest parts? That's all, that's all this game comes down to. And Jameis, uh, for this team, one game remains here. At, at the end, you just have to regroup and get ready for the finale at home, right? Uh, that's all. We we got to finish strong. Uh, we got to find a way to uh, to get a win and, uh, and finish the season strong. Could really see the frustration, obviously, on Jameis's face. Disappointment. Uh, wanted to get a win or two at the end of this season to finish up on a high note. Unfortunately, it's now three games in a row where the Buck offense hasn't done enough in the second half and three straight losses. So uh, they go down uh, at the hands of the Cowboys, uh, a guy that battles every single week. He is he is definitely uh, one of the premier linebackers in football, even if he wasn't recognized as such in the Pro Bowl voting. Levante David, and I will say this again, a stand-up guy even in defeat, uh, willing to talk with me about this one. Um, and in particular, set it straight that, hey, there was no quit in this Buccaneer team. Well, you guys battled the Cowboys out there today. Um, what did this game come down to in the end, Levante? I mean, they, it's always going to be a battle, man. So you got to be able to finish the football game out full quarter strong. You know, um, that was a great football team. You know, we feel like we could we had could have did anything to one. And uh, we just had a couple plays go go against us. And uh, they was able to capitalize on it. Was, uh, was this a case where the turnovers really changed the momentum? The fumble return for a score and then the fumble there in the third quarter that gave them the ball inside the five-yard line. Did those two turnovers loom as the largest part of this game? Yeah, I mean, it was obvious. You know, um, they they don't get the turnovers, what, 20-20 probably, maybe? And then uh, down there, and, and, uh, and they got the turnover down in the red zone. Man. It, was, it was tough, but, you know, you know, like I said, man, a couple of bounces didn't go our way today. You know, uh, but uh, as always, man, I'm proud of these guys in the locker room with the effort that they always give. For the most part, you were able to contain Ezekiel Elliott. He did finish with 85 yards, but for the most part, you were able to contain him. What were you guys doing well in the run game? We knew what they wanted to try to do. You know, we wanted to try to get back to their run game. And uh, for the most part, like you said, man, we contained him, you know, getting guys to the football, flying around. Even got the ball out one time. Hope, wish we could have recovered that. It had been a big momentum shifter, but 
you know, a great back, man. You know, you just got to do what you got to do to, you know, just try to keep them contained and uh, keep them in negative yardage. For this football team to come in here and to battle um, the way that it did against a team that is now going to the playoffs here at the end of the season, just say something about that, especially on the defense, because you did some w things well defensively today. Yeah, like I said, man, I'm always proud of the guys' effort. You know, the way they approach practice, the way they approach game situations, you know, in every football game, we feel like we had a have a chance to win. And that's the confidence level you got to have as a defense. And uh, we came out there and proved that, you know, um, we was down a little early, but all we kept doing just kept battling. You know, the first touchdown that, touchdown that they did get, you know, majority of that drive, we, we hurt ourselves, we shot ourselves in the foot. So once we got each other together, you know, it was on and rolling. Yeah, number 54 is not given up. That is for sure. And you don't play the Cowboys as tough as they did for a lot of this game. If if you're not battling, if you're not able to make some tackles, uh, the tackling was good, especially in the second half of this game. You gave yourself chances. You gave yourself opportunities. Not like Dallas had lots of long drives or big explosive plays on offense in particular. Um, so, again, uh, for this one, a, a frustrating day. Adam Humphreys, though, one of the bright spots. Uh, Adam with 10 catches, a career high for him, and also uh, it really was the Bucks' most effective weapon, in particular on third down uh, repeatedly. Humphreys' favorite target of Jameis Winston on this past Sunday. Here he was on our Hooters postgame show. A new atmosphere, a tough environment, and, um, you know, face a little adversity and, you know, try to, you know, bounce back and fight through it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to not, you know, come out with a good record. Adam, we're live here on the Buccaneers Radio Network. We joined you late. You may have already answered this. You ended up having a 10-catch day today. You were effective at times out there. The offense was effective. What were you guys doing well today to move the ball? Yeah, Jameis did a good job of taking what was there, um, you know, not forcing a lot of things. And, uh, you know, they're a really good defense that, you know, you know, play some zone and, and, and swarms uh, to the ball. And they, they did a good job of swarms to the ball. They, you know, they made some good plays on us, um, you know, you know, hitting us as soon as we caught it and getting the ball out. And, but, you know, ultimately, uh, I thought Jameis did a good job of taking what was there on, the, on those long drives and, um, you know, did a good job of that. I know a lot of Buccaneer fans are concerned after the hit you took earlier in this game and somehow hung on to the ball. How are you physically after taking that pop? Feel good. Feel really good. Yep. All good on that. Uh, you had chances in the fourth quarter. You moved inside the five-yard line with about seven minutes left on a lengthy drive, about a 16 or 17-play drive. Couldn't get points. Is that the critical moment there in the game, down by two touchdowns? Uh, I mean, there's there's cr critical moments throughout the game, but obviously, you know, going on a long drive like that late in the fourth quarter, we won points, um, and that was unfortunate to not get those. Uh, you did get in the end zone uh, there with another drive right after that. Still battling, still working hard. What does it say for the character of this team, down two scores against a playoff caliber team, to still fight the way that you guys fought? It's just our mindset. Um, every time we get on the field and touch the ball, we want to move the ball and score. And, uh, you know, that's, I thought we did a good job of moving the ball, and those two turnovers obviously hurt. But ultimately, I thought uh, we moved the ball well today. Yep, the Bucks did some things well, just not enough of them as Dallas gets the win. And the head coach would echo that as well in our postgame coverage here as uh, a game that was there for the taking. Dallas went and took it. Credit them as well. Buccaneers had some chances, and you got to shake your head at that. But here was the head coach when it was done. How much do you credit Dallas with being able to stop it, and what did you not do well enough, especially in the red zone there in the fourth quarter? Well, we got down there the first time and, and we had it, you know, on the one or two yard line and we and we tried to run it in and we, you know, we didn't get it in. Uh, and then we had the delay. We had the delay penalty 
you know, we just, we, we got to get that first one in. You know, we did a good job. Our defense held them after one first down, and we ended up getting it in the second time. But, you know, we just ran out of clock time right there. But uh, the main story in this game is not that. The main, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a lesser story. The story is the two big plays that went against us on turnovers that basically led to at least, you know, it was a 14-point swing, maybe more, because on the first one, you know, we were in field goal range. So, uh you know that's the biggest difference in the game is you can't you can't give up two scores in essence two scores with your offense on the field and and expect to win against a good team you did give up the one touchdown to dallas in the second half but for the most part you held them in check for a lot of this game what were you doing well defensively and in particular the defensive line what were they doing well yeah, that's a good offensive line that we played against and to hold them uh, under 300 yards I thought our I thought our D line linebackers uh, we did a good job we did a good job of tackling we didn't miss very many tackles until there was two crucial ones there at the end where we lost contain but uh, you know this is one of the top five running teams in the league I thought our defensive ends set the edge I thought Vita and Gerald controlled the inside and our linebackers and safeties came up and and we tackled pretty pretty solid today. We saw Vita Vea flash numerous times again in this game, including a sack right before the end of the half. Just say something about his development, especially the second half of the season, if you would. Yeah, I think I think it's it's really uh, easy to see here in the last four or five games why why we picked Vita where we did because uh, he's he's really uh, upped his game the last the last half of the season here and. You know, he got off to a slow start, but, uh, you know, Vita's going to be a good player in the middle of that D-line for a long time. Jaquiz Rogers, he's a veteran. He's a reserve. He does a lot of things that maybe don't show up in a stat sheet, like pass blocking. He got the touchdown at the end of the first half, had five catches in this game. There's a veteran player making a contribution. Just uh, say say what you saw out of him and his effort today, if you would. Yeah, well, Jaquiz was, was rotating in there with Peyton, and he's primarily – you know, playing uh, as our third down back, and then he got. You know, most of his catches came when we were in the two-minute in the two-minute drill there at the end. But you know, Jaquiz also anchors our punt team. Had a nice tackle on special teams, and you know, Jaquiz is just one of those glue guys that every every team would take as many guys like him as they could get. Another uh, strategic question: When you got the delay of game and it was fourth and seven, there's eight minutes left. You have all your timeouts. You have the two-minute warning. A field goal there would have put you down by 11 with a lot of time and a lot of timeouts. Did you contemplate? played at all kicking or were you going all the way there no we were going all the way i mean we you weren't we weren't going to get enough possessions to we weren't going to get three more possessions so uh we had to go for it there and we once we crossed the 50 we knew we were going the whole way and you were able to convert fourth down several times in this game why were you having success with your back against the wall you were able to convert fourth down i believe at least three different times in the second half well I mean, most teams in the NFL are going to play a similar style of defense on fourth down that they played on third down. So, you know, if you if you're if you had it as a I know the one we had was a fourth and two, you know, you're pretty certain that they're going to play the same type of defense that they played on third and two. So and usually that's man coverage. And, uh, you know, Monk, you know, again, once you decide to go for it, uh, we have we have good players on the outside. We should be able to make those. And finally, uh, here for the Cowboys, you just have to credit them as well. They clinch a playoff spot here today, and they've, uh, they've demonstrated, especially in the second half of the year, why they're a playoff team, right? Well, they're a good football team. I mean, uh, you know, their defense is, is, uh, is ranked extremely high. Those two linebackers, uh, the, their speed and their, and their hitting ability, uh, tape doesn't do it justice. Those two linebackers can really go. And, uh, of course, Lawrence uh, on the one out, outside edge. And, 
you know, hopefully their other end is okay. That was a, that was a, you don't like to see what happened to him early in the game on that first series. So hopefully he's okay. So five and 10 is the record off the loss in Dallas. And the Buccaneers still have only one win in franchise history in Big D, whether it's old Texas Stadium or now AT&T Stadium in Arlington. And the Cowboys had everything on the line and played like it and played uh, like a team that believes they can go to January and do some damage. Uh, Remember, unfinished business for them, as I said earlier in this podcast from a couple of years ago. So Dallas clinches on uh, the, the day before Christmas Eve in Big D, so an early stocking stuffer for them, an NFC East championship and a home playoff game that's coming. One game remains for the Bucs. That'll be the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons a winner in Carolina on Sunday, so Atlanta feeling better after back-to-back wins for them uh, here to, to end up this season. So the Week 17 game will be at Raymond James Stadium coming Sunday at 1 o'clock. And, uh, and obviously it will play out the 2018 season. We know now, again, it's, a, it's another losing campaign, another 10-loss season, a tough year for the Bucs. After, uh, after having a 10-win season a couple of years ago, it's back-to-back double-digit losing seasons for Tampa Bay in 2017 and 2018. But you still have one more chance to put it down on tape. You know, we didn't have it in the highlights, but Vita Vea has actually come alive. I know Coach Dirk Cutter was just saying that in the post-game interview that we played. You look at the way that Vita played in yesterday's game, including he had one sack taken away with a face mask. Uh, unfortunately for him, but did get a second sack later on in the first half. Vea finished with three tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss. Um, he definitely was in in the backfield repeatedly and disruptive in this game. So you look at the way that that defensive line has come on, especially after the change at defensive coordinator with Mark Duffner, with new defensive line coach in his first year, Brinston Buckner. That is a bright spot for this team. Uh, and, and, and Vea clearly here in the second half of the season showing the promise of where the Buccaneers picked him in the first round of this draft. All right, so there you go. Uh, There are the highlights and everything that came out of this game with Dallas. Again, the Falcons will be the opponent for the finale two days before we ring in the new year that is coming Sunday. Raymond James Stadium, we're on the air with Gene, Dave, and me on Buccaneers Radio at noon. My thanks to Steve Carney helping me with the highlights and the interviews, Jeff Ryan and everybody with Buccaneers Radio. However you found this podcast, whether it's through the Bucks mobile app, Buccaneers.com, or subscribe as well. iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are found, search for nothing but Bucks. Subscribe and it will automatically come to your device, your phone, your iPad. You'll get it automatically if you subscribe here on Nothing But Bucks. That will do it for this edition as the Cowboys have won 27 to 20. Have a Merry Christmas, Buccaneer fans, and a Happy New Year upcoming as well for 2019. Be safe in and around the holidays. We look forward to the home finale coming with the Falcons this week. We're back next week, one final time for the 2018 season with another edition of Nothing But Bucks.